Welcome to the Wise Men's Podcast, a very special reaction show. Um, not the usual um, reaction show, which features Matt and Rory talking about probably Conor McLaughlin and writing a variety of people off. Um, this time we're reacting to some excellent news, I think we'd all agree, um, that uh, Sunderland Football Club, Sunderland Association Football Club, for those pedants out there, um, have finally been... Uh, taken over, if you will, by um, Kirill Louis-Dreyfus. He's now the majority shareholder um, of Sunderland Football Club and the fourth, only the fourth majority shareholder in the history of the club, according to, obviously, he's here with us <laughs> now, because this is, a, this is like one of the, let's say one of the best days of his life, probably. Um, whether or not he's happy Christmas. about it or not. Um, yeah, it is Christmas. And it's Chris Weatherspoon. That was also the voice of uh, Richard Easterbrook. Um, so, yeah, the, it's finally done. It was done in August, obviously, before the season started. Um, and then it was done by the end of November. Then it was done in December. Um, and now it's, it is done. Um, so we can kind of breathe a sigh of relief, can't we, Chris? Um, yeah, I, think, I, feel like, I feel like Andy Dufresne on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that is. Yeah. you've never seen the Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't remember names. I've only you seen don't it once. Names, okay. yeah. yeah, we've we've crawled through all mile of shit. And you can't is, handle um, the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Not that either, but you know, carry on, <laughs> carry on, Chris. We're going to need um, a bigger boat. <laughs> well, well, we've got so one. Everyone, everyone has turned off. Yeah, we, we have apparently got one. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think that's that's right. I think prior to Maria, we were like ruled by committee, so there was never like one majority shareholder. So uh, prior Co- prior to Murray, we had uh, Sir Tom Cowie, didn't we? We did. But was he know. was he just like a chairman? I, yeah, I think he was just chairman. Right. I don't think he was actually like majority. Just a chairman. Just chairman. Yeah. But um, so yeah, so I think Kim Louis Dreyfus steps into the the shoes previously occupied by Bob Murray, Ellis Short, and Stuart Donald, which is. Yeah. Uh, impressive for someone who's only 23 years old. I was going to say, I don't know, I was certainly wasn't doing this when I was 23 years old. I was probably like in chambers drinking like snake bite in black and getting the toggles of my uh, hoodie uh, covered in pink and my um, my uh, trainers um, covered in pink as well uh, from the drink. But he is just, <laughs> you know, owning, like having billions of pounds and owning football clubs. Um, so yeah. That I mean, is, he's not had to work for it. <laughs> let's not make assumptions. Well, no, but you know, let's let you know. Comparison is a thief of joy. Don't don't, don't minimize our own achievements just because we are <laughs> a rich family. So, I spilt the drink, Richard. I didn't. Con- it didn't remain within the container. That's not an achievement. That's that's the opposite. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he comes obviously from a rich family history of owning football clubs. Um, so. It's almost it's a weird one where it's almost like he's going at the family business and this is his like this is the banana stand he's being given. Um he won't find the money in the banana stand though when he arrives because that's all gone. So he's gonna have to, you know, go into his trust fund and find a bit of cash um in order to to to, to support things in the, the short term. But I guess for us at the moment that's that's the the primary main important positive that that you can take from this regardless of anything else but yeah i think um although it's been downplayed in certain quarters and although we did we did have a an, a, an american safety net i think i think um 
we kind of need to acknowledge here is just like how on its knees our football club is and has been for, for even before the pandemic hit. Um, we all know what's gone on over the last two and a half years and we all know the primary reason behind it. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think if nothing else, and um, and I'm not saying this is the only upside, but if nothing else, the upside is that the club's existence shouldn't be really under under threat. And I know some people will say that's an exaggeration, but the truth is, look, if this had fallen through and like we, I've just said there, we thought we had like an American safety net. Now, people involved with FPP could well end up buying Derby County. Like that, that's being rumoured. So that safety net might not have been there. And then who knows what would have happened. So I think in the immediate term, like, yeah, like um, that's, that's obviously of huge importance. I think, look, I know, like, it's, it's a bit of an odd one because obviously, yeah, but he's obviously got plenty of money, certainly plenty more than the outgoing majority shareholder has. But um, we've seen before that like the the football club's owner having loads of money isn't a precondition for success. I think, and we've talked about this previously, but I think it's been a bit of an odd, well, like since Christmas Eve, it's been a bit of an odd period in that stuff's been going on, which looks to all intents and purposes to have been like kind of directed by a new regime to, to the extent that you could argue there's elements of that new regime in place with like Speakman and obviously the manager who has been obviously um, on board with the whole takeover um, but but it hasn't been confirmed so until until we've had that moment there's always been that element of doubt that it could all go belly up and I, I think now we've got that it's looked like no one has disliked what's gone on more than me over the last couple of years. No one's banged on about it more than me, I would argue. But really, <laughs> <laughs> but we can't. But we can. We can move forward. Like I, I don't think we should ever forget what's gone on. And I think um, for as long as they remain associated with the football club, I don't think they should be forgiven. But we can at least kind of draw the line under it in some yeah. respects and move forward. And I think, like we we've talked again, we've talked about. It, I think. There's definitely been a sea change in the kind of direction of the football club and the kind of the noises coming out of it. And look, it might not be a roaring success, but it it it's something new. It's something that is geared towards what we've all said we want to see. So look like it's a good day. I've got a beer here. So who <laughs> <laughs> not... choice or in, in that it is Corona and nobody it is wants Corona, yeah, moment. because because people yeah. are stupid and just keep leaving loads of it on the aisles because they seem to think it's linked. So I just thought I'd it was it on offer though, or was it just the same, just the same was, price? I think it was on offer, yeah. All right, okay, that's all right then, because otherwise yeah. it would just be like it would just be buying, maybe a moron, just you, yeah. but it would just be you buying <laughs> something because there's lots of it, even though there was no reduction in cost. Um, it'd be like an old Sunderland scout just buying something because <laughs> it's there for an extortionate amount of money, even though you don't really want it. Um, Danny. Well, yeah, how many times? <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's like you've sort of touched on, Chris. It's difficult to. There's always going to be, and that's not us being negative or whatever. And everyone wants to be pleased that hopefully this is the beginning of the end of this horrible period for for our our club. Um, but. While they're there, there's a few, obviously, the exiting party is still remaining in a, in a capacity, clearly. 
Um, you know, how many shares they've got, I'm sure will come out in the wash. Um it it does feel as though that, you know, there'll be light run about until we get promoted and then possibly move those shares on. It's like a bit of a nest egg for them, isn't it? Um, you know, how do we feel about that? Does it do you hold them in does it does it create an even greater level of contempt than that? They're kinda just kind of sitting there and kind of waiting to to get out until their investment matures, which was investment. Yeah. It's it's it was our money. So And that was always part of the plan that they had was was to to kind of to, to flip us. Like like we're like we're some kind of terrorist house in, in Knightsbridge. And that, that's you know, that's fine. That's fine. Just be open about it from the start. I don't want to go down old avenues like that, but I don't kind of I don't begrudge them personally for that. I think it's just the the disingenuous kind of we're here for the long term. We're you know going to turn it into a community football club and bring it back to where it was. Blah blah blah. I think had they said all that and said by the way we're going to sell you in a year and take the profits and that you know that whatever. I think that's as, fine. I think as well as that, Richard. I think it's like the outrage when they got found out. On, yeah. on that front I think like it's like okay the game's up just like we aren't as stupid as like you clearly thought we were unbelievably uneducated yeah. that's the one I think and re- and I think for me us how stupid we are exactly yeah I think for me the the clincher is is that that uh, Kirill Louis-Dreyfus has, uh, has taken on a majority share um, and will be calling the shots um, and also will always get the final say on anything um, and as much he, as he might be leaning on the current ownership group, you know, for, for advice and for counsel, he will be ultimately making the decisions, and it's his it's his money that's going to be that's going to be used for the for the big ones. So I, I'm I feel a little easier about that. I mean, you'd like forward. to you'd like to think that he was that he was switched on as well, and he's surround he's surrounded yeah. by people, you know, his relatives who have owned football clubs, and now it might be a contradiction to say that. They've owned a club so because they should know what they're doing because the current owners have owned the club and haven't yeah. really done a very good job. However, you would it's a slightly different situation. You would like to think maybe if he was having, you know, the piss taken out of him, then well, he, I might, think, he might act on that. Well, I yeah. think I think he already has. I think by look, this this deal isn't what it was when it was leaked to the Guardian on um, November the 13th. The, the the deal then was going to be that he would have a joint shareholder with Spansatori and however it was dressed up in that article and by people subsequently behind the scenes, like the fact of the matter was the, the current lot were keeping 60%, so there wasn't a new majority shareholder. Now now that's changed, and I think I think the fact that that's changed... Look, we don't, we don't know how much he's paid for it, Quite frankly, it isn't it isn't really our business because it, it doesn't unless, unless there's been some like sort of financial chicanery like there was two and a half years ago, which I'm pretty certain there won't have been this time, it doesn't really affect the football club how much he's paid for his his shareholding. So I think the fact that he's he's persevered that look, we know FPP a year and a half ago almost now, well over a year ago now. That got they got EFL approval and that fell apart. So the fact that Kira Louis Jervis has got EFL approval and it is and it's gone through, I think is indicative of look, I'm not saying 
FPP didn't want to buy the club. We all know that they did, but I think it's indicative of how much he wants it. I think, like what Richard said there, look, look they're keeping a nest egg. That might stick in the crow of some people, but again, it shows how much he wants it and presumably how much he thinks he can make of a success of it because one of the big differences between the new majority shareholder and the outgoing one is that the new one doesn't need to make money here. Like That is not the primary objective here. What he does need to do is he needs to make a success yeah. of being a football club owner. The other day, everyone looks at his... He, a lot of his reputation is based on what his dad did at Marseille. So he really, he's, he's in a position where he's got to succeed here or people will go, well, he just followed in his dad's footsteps, but he didn't have the experience, he didn't have the know-how. So he's got to be a success here. So money isn't the primary... Obviously, he's got plenty of money in the bank anyway, but money isn't the primary objective here, which I think... I think it's huge, especially after what we've had in the last two and a half years. And I think you said there before, like, do we hold them in more contempt because they're like hanging on for the next nest egg? Couldn't really have held them in more contempt than I already did. Yeah. But I, I think, I think, truthfully, like, sounds stupid coming from an accountant, but money isn't everything. Like, at the end of the day, they, these guys oh, are like an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, these guys, they look. They might get rich, but they're going to get rich on the back of somebody else's efforts. They're going to get yeah. rich with with their reputation. Their reputations, what such as they were prior to coming here, have been completely torpedoed. Like mm. these these books, these are fail, They are failures. They have failed here yeah. catastrophically. They failed on Netflix for everyone to see, and they failed it. They look in a sense they're lucky that we're a League One club at the moment because they're failings haven't been projected as widely as they would have been if we were a Premier League club. And I think that if, if anyone's but if anyone's struggling with like coming to terms with the fact that they're still hanging on for the pension part and that, that's the way you look at it. Like okay, that they can have all the money in the world, but it's on on the back of someone yeah. else's efforts. I think I think it's got and it's got I think that's the second point you made there, Chris, would make it easier to to take if if people didn't give them if they come out and start like claiming credit for doing a great deal in managing to move the club on to this person, well, that wasn't that wasn't the goal that you set for yourself when you came in at the club publicly. Possibly. The goal was promotion. The goal was a hundred points, which we've just reached, by the way, since they stated that they want us to get a hundred points um, in the last week mm. or so. We've reached that hundred point mark, so finally got there. And it, it, you know, it's quite funny to think that. You know that could be the one of the last acts getting it in around that hundred point mark that the promise. Um, you know, I think this is a good point. Ago. I think this is a good point as well about like if they try to claim credit for like moving the club on to someone that can take it forward. Now, truth, truthfully, over a year ago that could have been the case. It fell through. Look, we'll not dwell on that. But the the reason this football club's been bought by a billionaire isn't because of the current incumbents and because of the job they've done. It's been bought because of stuff that was here when they bought it. They wouldn't have bought this football club if it wasn't for people like us three and 40-odd thousand others who go to the game when they go, when obviously in, in League One we haven't had that average attendance, but like there's the potential there. We've got an amazing ground, we've got an amazing academy, we've got a strong history. That's that's why these guys bought in the first place, and that's why it remains an attractive proposition. That's why, even though what I was saying before, the club's existence was threatened, ultimately somebody would have picked it up because there's too much potential there for somebody not to. Yeah. So 
so they can't they can't turn around and say, look, we've we've done you a solid by like moving you onto this bit. Look, they've got got the deal over the line. We all we're all sat here hoping yeah. that it's a huge success. We're hoping they're not involved. They also because... ruined they also ruined a massive opportunity for us as well. And you know, well, don't let any, don't let anybody tell you otherwise either because you know, not saying that this won't be as good as that opportunity, but that FPP opportunity was huge, and we, we it was taken from us by by them. It wasn't taken. It wasn't. It wasn't because of us. It wasn't because we were threatening to burn. De- we'd burn their laptops in the in the car park if, <laughs> if we, you know, if we we did weren't successful. Like some people were telling others, you know, like this. Apparently, this is what you know. People like Michael Dell apparently said it's like it's absolutely ludicrous. People who make that much money don't get scared off. Of course it by by but, people like you know like by something the, hypothetical situation that just isn't going to happen. You know? But it's a completely it's a completely kind of um, it's a redundant argument anyway because by that logic they would never have sold a Kevlar Dreyfus. Exactly. He would, he well, would say, "Well, I don't, I don't want to do that." And I think I was just going to say, I think um, like it's a big, it's it's just it is a, it's an opportunity for a, for a clean break, and it. We, we don't know that what's going to come next is going to be a success, but I do at least feel comforted by the fact that we've seen some kind of shoots of what the sort of stuff we're going to see, like the appointments they've made so far. I can understand why they've made them, and I think they can be generally seen as positive, and likewise with the transfers. And and I think the, but the overriding thing is you want to feel that the person in charge of your football club is in charge for for the right reasons and look, we don't know enough yet but there's certainly that there aren't the there were we even though we all we all pushed over them at the time because we wanted to believe there were big question marks a couple of years ago it's not quite the same as that so but we're not going to be daft enough to like dive straight in with like mass positivity and that but it, it does at least feel like it's kind of like the monkey off the back, yeah. so to speak. I think, I think until we get out of League One, I think you know it, there's always going to be that underlying sort of worry about what could happen. I think when we get promoted, because it will happen, whether it happens this year or it happens in next year, the year after, um, it will happen. Um, it's just you know that feels or that's really when the journey will begin that's when the opportunities will present themselves um, and we've just probably all got to sit tight until then um, and cross our fingers that we can get out of this division as soon as possible and hopefully Louis Dreyfus's influence um, will we'll make that a lot smoother. Um, but we'll leave it there because don't want to have the, the whole discussion be, being a reaction pod because the lads will want to talk about it on the next pod as well. Um, so... Got any quick Chris can have the final word because this is this is his wheelhouse. I mean it's so so much his wheelhouse. He's he owns he's got seventy percent shares in the wheelhouse. If you put a lot of pressure, does does Richard have any final words of his own? You can come back to me for my um rousing salvo. Just just one eye for one, welcome our new insect overlords. <laughs> <laughs> me too. No, yeah, I, I think I think um one thing I, I would like to say, and this is extended to like people who appear on this this podcast and that, but there's been there's been an awful lot of people, fans, over the last couple of years who've 
had to had to go through very unfair treatment, some horrible tactics, and and they've never kind of stopped trying to do the best by the football club. And and I think I think those people deserve to pat themselves on the back. And I think I think generally the fan base as well. I think look, it's it's been rubbish. Football's meant to be fun. Football's meant to be a, something we can all enjoy and. It's been it's been hard anyway with this pandemic. It's even even harder with what we've had to follow, especially over the last year and a half or so. So I think now is just a time, but we we can all move forward, and hopefully we can we can actually move forward, and we're not sat here in two years thinking we fell for it again, lads. But I, I am I am generally generally I am I am positive and optimistic, and uh, cheers. I think one one final thought from me is that you should never, ever be the bad guy for wanting the best for your football club. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Three. Yeah. We'll leave it there then. So, yeah, that's it. New, we've got a new owner. <clears throat> Let's hope you all enjoy your cans tonight. What? Thanks for listening. <laughs>